Hey there, folks. We are back once again. It's episode 128, a shorthanded episode as Heather is home with the migraine and the sinus sickness. Get well soon. Heather, so me and Kevin are hanging in there together. Two-man power trip like it was back in the old days. Uh, joined this week by our guest from Sightseeker Inc., formerly of Saranac Brewery, our good friend Devin Hoffman joins us on the show. Plus, we're digging into taxes, robocalls, Matt Lauer, DMX, the Grammys, and much, much, much more. Uh, welcome back, folks. It's the Uticast, and we are happy to have you here. tell you it's been a long time since it's just been you and me in the studio for an episode heather has been a bastion of continuity she's been very good you know what it is um <laughs> she loves coming to do the show like i remember before i asked her to come try out and be on the show i was mm-hmm. like um i don't know like she's not gonna want to do this she's not gonna want to commit <laughs> to it like, i remember you were skeptical you didn't think that she'd be down she's got a husband and kids i'm like she doesn't want to like take her time out of her life to come do this and i was surprised at how she was like yes please <laughs> yes please please indeed let me come to this house give me a reason to get out of the house on mondays mm-hmm. um heather is not joining us this week she is sick with the sinus headache migraine she's it's in rough going shape around yeah going around i'm a little surprised i haven't gotten sick yet this year it's, yeah, I feel like I've been close oh, yeah, once man. or twice, but like then I get like some good sleep and I drink a lot of water. I'm like, oh, I was just, you know, not taking good care. But like I haven't really, I feel like it's coming for me. It's early though, too. It's only what, December 4th? There was a day a couple weeks ago where I was like, I'm getting sick tomorrow. I can, it's coming. Yeah. And then it never showed up. And now I feel like I've, I dodged a bullet, but I'm like elusively lurking in the shadows, waiting for like that third act, like when everything <laughs> comes back around again. The Shyamalan twist. Oh, the Shyamalan twist. You were sick the whole time. Yeah, you've been sick since like 1994, and you've been in a, a sickness coma. You're just waking up from it. Um, that'd be a terrible movie. <laughs> it'd be a horrendous movie. It'd be a really bad movie. No financing for you. No Kickstarter going. Welcome back, folks. Episode 128 of the Uticast. Uh, this week, joined by. A guy who probably should have been on the show before, in hindsight. Like, a very good friend of the pod. Devin Hoffman is here. Uh, he is... One of my dear, dear friends. I love Devin Hoffman very much, and he's uh, he's one of genuinely one of the best Great men guy. that I know. It was good to see him. It was and nice to see It him. would be nice for him to... Uh, you and him should do the FTL Sports Show. So, our interview went about 35, 40 minutes, which I expected, to be honest. It seems yeah. like a lot of them are going that length lately. Mm-hmm. Um there's definitely seven or eight minutes where it's just me and him talking sports where I had to go, all right, we need to we need to stop because we lost, like... <laughs> steer it back Yeah, in. we need to steer it back into place. Now, it was great talking to him. Uh, really nice guy. Before we get into the news of the week, um, I didn't have anything written down for it, and as we were getting prepped for the show, which, again, hate to say it, is another gauntlet of terrible things <laughs> that are happening all over the place. What if you just stray right away from the news? The news has got nothing for anybody making anymore. making up... <laughs> <laughs> 
You start digging out, like, finding what are the happiest stories of the week. Oh. You start talking about those. So, at the moment, we're not really going to talk about the, the national parks uh, being reduced in size, although it's horrible. Well, no, it's it's cool because now we can drill the national parks. Oh, is that what this is about? Did you know that Teddy Roosevelt, uh, who is the guy, the reason we have the national parks, uh, was also a Republican. So, look how far we've come. It's true. Uh, I'm going to take this shot because I need to prepare for the negativity. Salud to me. Mm. Oh, there you go. It's a good drink. All right. We're also not going to talk about the travel be- uh, travel ban being upheld. Yeah, that just happened a couple hours ago. Yeah, because I don't... I. It's crazy they're going to uphold it, but they're still in appeals. So they're going to enact it even though it hasn't made its way through the end of the train junction system that is the... The legal system. Well, they probably just hand-wrote all the notes on it so that oh. they could... We'll get to that in a minute. Um, all right. Uh, top story of the week, though. This was actually from earlier in the week, and I'm glad I saved it. Uh, Dictionary.com released its 2017 Word of the Year. Uh, do you know what the Word of the Year is, Kevin? I do. Uh, what is it? The Word of the Year is complicit. Yes, that's correct. Complicit is the Word of the Year for 2017. It's great. Um, I have the definition if you'd like to know it. Um, complicit is an adjective uh, meaning to be involved with others in an illegal activity or wrongdoing. Uh, I'm going to use it in a sentence. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I sure am. I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, this sentence, actually. <laughs> uh, if you voted for Donald Trump in this most recent election or for Claudia Tinney, you are complicit in all the terrible things that are happening in our country right now. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's a that's a very strong political take, <laughs> but in 2017, it feels like it's the time for strong political uh, takes. It seems like it. It does, man. Yeah, maybe it's just you know a lot of people get bothered by it. A lot of people are you know you see people all the time. Oh, there's politics in everything now. And while that's true, I can't look at it as a negative thing that more and more people are being either forced to or choosing to pay attention to politics, both geopolitics and like just stuff nationally. It's a good thing if people are more engaged and paying more attention and it's talked about more and it might seem like it's being forced now, hmm. but it's kind of like being forced to eat your vegetables when you're a little kid, right? It's yeah, like, yeah Listen, I'm with you. You I'm gotta with you. know. <laughs> okay. You gotta know about some of this stuff. All right, so I had a kid today in my class. I, well, not a kid. It was one of the tutors. She's like 19, 20. She's a younger girl. Kid. Kid. She's a kid. We're there. And, oh, we're so old. I know. It's terrible. And she said, <sighs> she's like, what do we do to like stop all this stuff? And I was like, vote. I guess it's really the only thing you can do, and not vote in the presidential elections, but vote in all Every the election, elections, right? right? Anything they will ever let you vote for, vote for. Yeah, and I think, and if there's anything that I hope comes out of this, and also though, get involved. Did you get a chance to look at? Well, there, I don't know if you would know off the top of your head, and I don't have the numbers. Was the turnout for the most recent election we voted in higher than normal? No, it was not. I don't think so. No. That's what concerns me. Is like I really just want to see more people. Like, go out and vote. And you wonder if that's not because they're not allowed to. <laughs> or it's well, there's, I mean, there's certainly a lot of efforts to, you know, disenfranchise and, like, yeah. get people not voting. You know, very serious things. People being purged from, purged from voter rolls all the way to, like, New Hampshire just came out today and said they want to impose a poll tax on college students. Mm. Like, if you don't mm-hmm. live there, but you go to college there, but you do live there. So colleges already kind of do something like this anyway, though. You get, mm-hmm. like, if you are from New York State and you go to a New York State college, uh you pay less than somebody who comes from Pennsylvania. Like, your tuition is just less. Sure, but, right. I mean, when you get talking about a poll tax where yeah. you have to pay money if you want to be able to vote there, so, like, say you go... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, say you're from Utica and you go to college in, um, 
uh, at SUNY Albany, sure. right? And yeah. so you're out there and you live there. Oh, right, like, right, right, the last okay. couple of years, they're like, you well, you can't vote out here for yeah. your city council because you're not from here. And, you know, all these different things to disenfranchise people, but you're right in the point that you make, you know, when you look at some of the splits for votes tallied after the most recent, like, city council elections, yeah. people are winning and losing by a thousand, yeah. couple thousand, sometimes a couple hundred yeah. votes. If more people were engaged and went out and voted, it would be very easy to sway the needle and actually make an impact, especially, you know, smaller level you get when you get to local, you know, to regional state and everything, you can make a difference. And if enough people paid a little bit of attention, we could really have better things or at least a more engaged process. So for forcing people to talk about it, eat your vegetables, get involved and pay attention. That's a good point. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, on Friday this week, the Senate passed a sweeping piece of tax scam legislation. I'm sorry, I meant a tax bill. Uh, transforming... Was that, no, that's right? a scam. That's a scam? Oh, that's yeah. a scam, yeah, yeah. Uh, Transforming U.S. healthcare sector, higher education, philanthropy, and of course the federal tax code. Major policy change and fulfills a goal for Republicans who have struggled to pass their legislative agenda this year. This is the first major piece of legislation that they've passed. So what, go- what happens now is like the House and the Senate... Have to meet with their two different bills. So it was originally a House bill, and then the House approved it, sent it to the Senate. The Senate just approved it. What happens now is the bill goes back to the House for reconciliation. So what that means, the House sent their version of the bill to the Senate, mm-hmm. and the Senate's like, okay, we like this bill. We're going to take this out that we don't like. We're going to add this stuff that we need to pass it. Pass it back with their changes to the House. Mm-hmm. Then the House takes a look at the Senate's changes. They figure out what they feel from there. And then it'll get kicked back to the Senate. Everybody votes on it, and then the president will choose whether to sign it or not to sign it. Certainly indicates that he's going to sign it sure. because he's a buffoonish devil in the yeah. fever dream nightmare. <laughs> an, or- an orange Satan <laughs> chimpanzee from hell. Uh, so Tangerine Mussolini <laughs> is one that I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Orange Julius. There's um, a lot of them. So a couple things that come out of this bill. Uh, obviously, the one that everyone is talking about and should be talking about is the winners, the corporations, major Always. big scale corporations, yeah. uh, reducing all time champion, <laughs> reducing corporate income tax from thirty five percent to twenty percent, laughable twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, tax and also they pay on the money they don't put overseas. And also, on account of this, you know, I know that this is the party of deficit hawks and people who don't want to add anything. To no, the it used to be. When, it, oh, when the president, well, when the president was black. Uh, it's true. See, that's, that's true. what they were upset about. Right. Well, this adds $1 trillion. Very fiery. I feel like we're a full-on, like... We've had a rough... Just Washington thing. podcast right now. <laughs> uh, so the Republicans are paying for this by adding $1 trillion or more to the federal debt. Uh, in the long run, they raise tax on individuals, limit health care through ending Obamacare, individual mandate. And then after 10 years, the bill is basically a tax hike on poor individuals, which seems great. Um... I hate this so much. It's, I was so, everybody does. <laughs> I was so angry about this. Um, and we're going to lose all the... You know, 13 million Americans are talking between now and 2027 who are going to lose health care. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, you know, this is a theoretical number, but they're talking at least 4 million fewer by as early as 2019 when this takes place. Um, there's a quote, and I just want to share this with you, and then I'll... Uh, Republicans are defending this bill, arguing that the 13 million figure is exaggerated and that repealing the individual mandate can't... Po- like, their argument is that the mandate itself, putting it into your into Obamacare, mm-hmm. can't possibly spur that many people to sign up. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's why I signed up. I was that guy. I got that tax hit, and I said, why am I getting hit in my taxes for this? And they said, you don't have health insurance. You know what I did? I got health insurance. The individual mandate was a big deal for me. 
So to sit yeah. here and just say that it's never going to spur people to do it, yes, it is, because poor folks ain't going to want to spend $600 out of their tax return if they can spend 130 at some other point and just save that money. It's yeah. a lie. Well, you uh, know what the... I was... Uh, you got more of your quote. No, no, no. no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so the one of the craziest things about it is the way that it works and you know the plan that they've sort of put forth... We're going to do this thing, we're going to pass this giant tax bill, and it's going to raise the deficit like crazy, and it's going to be insane. So the next plan, if if they're, you know, they're, they're still in control when this mm. happens, like in 2018 in the midterms, where, Jesus, we mm. have to vote. Mm. Um, we got one-term Tenny support all those <sighs> Gotta people. get her out of here. But so we got to vote. Um, so what they'll do at that point is they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, this is expensive. We're going to have to find some money for it. And the plan is for them to gut uh, Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security, which is just... I mean, it's a, you know, an Atlas Shrugged yeah. wet dream, but that's going to be the plan. Yeah, so they're going to just horrible. take all the money from there, that's and then at that point, the Democrats will have certainly mm. taken over in a blue wave in Congress, and then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, everybody's going to be taking these hits, their Social Security's going to be down, they're going to be like, well, yeah, look what happens, the Democrats are in charge, and we're going to go through the cycle again. I have Mark a, my words, remind me. I have a down. family member, and I won't, I, won't, I won't put him or her on blast, but they said, basically, I hope this tax bill goes through, and I hope it's horrible for everybody, and I hope it's a big piece of trash, because maybe that's what it's going to take to wake people up to the fact that they're being screwed. Right? I would like to guess who said that, and I feel like I know. We'll talk about it yeah, off the air, sure. but I've, I'm interested because I know that, enough people in your Is family. that the right mentality, though? Like, should we hope that this is a giant failure, or should we hope maybe it's not as bad? Right? I'm trying to think about it from the other side. I think the argument about it is it looks like we're going to have to deal with it, so if we have to deal with it, oh my God, I hope so. I hope we learn something from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because if it's going to come down, you can't be, you see a lot of people talking politics, you know, especially on one certain side, and there's a lot of doom and gloom, yeah. and it's not necessarily misplaced, but like, you also have to, and this goes for everything in life, you can sit there and be sad about it, lock yourself up in your room and, you know, turn the lights off and like, weep, or you can get out and get after it and deal with the circumstance you've been dealt and make the best of it, yeah. make the best move going forward. It's all we can do, and vote. Oh my God, vote. Just vote. Everyone should just vote. I wish we could all vote. Um, I'll vote right now. I'll vote right now. I can vote you know, anything. We'll go up to the JCC and we'll just wait around. Me. Yeah, anything Just I wheel out on. the election machines. Let me hit the button. I just got to feel it. I will say, when I, last time I went to vote, you'd be surprised at how many people over the age of like 60 still have a hard time with these new automated machines, though. Like, it's pretty crazy. And the people yeah. who work at the voting booths are generally older folks themselves. Well, that's, you know, that's something, it hints to something I was talking about that's probably off this schedule, but I was having a conversation with a good friend of the pod earlier today. We were talking about the interesting dichotomy in our society for, especially when it comes to Congress, people in charge of the government, these people are a lot older, yeah. didn't grow up with technology, don't understand technology, and technology is the mm. fulcrum of modern society. Yeah. So it's tough when you've got these people out here who don't understand, like, you look at the net neutrality, you know, we've discussed mm. These people out here talking about it, they don't even know what it means. And everybody's like, oh, I don't know what that is. That's some sort of thing. I don't get well, it. Can I? This all ties into the fact that outside of Obama, we keep electing these like senior citizen. Everybody's politi- so old. Yeah. Like even like Bernie Sanders, who I like. He what? He's almost eighty. He, you know what I mean? Like he, he looks like he's setting up to run all the yeah. speeches he's making. The tour he's been doing. If he wins, he'll be seventy nine when he gets sworn yeah. in. I I I like Bernie a lot. Yeah. I would have voted for Bernie in this last election. I would support him if he was to. the nominee. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, DNC. Well, um, only kind of. Only kind of, though. Only kind of. But yeah, I can't. the president can't be 79. Yeah, it's a problem. And this guy seems like a weird one-off, but like as a whole, like people are mm-hmm. talking about oh, Joe Biden running, Trump is old as hell. Like a lot of yeah. these people that run, yeah. we need some younger people because the world changed 
out there during that time and the person who's leading the charge in this technological future we live in mm. needs to understand where we're going better than somebody who grew up listening to broadcasts on radio. Well, you know what is a good plan for the Republicans if they want to stop people, uh, the young people from being involved in politics is to... Take the ball and go home. Go home. Yeah, well, Just that's quit. a good plan. Just quit. <laughs> well, what they're doing right now is they're taking it out on grad students like myself. Uh, I don't know if you saw this this week. Uh, earlier this I week, did. yeah, grad students cross-country walked out of classes, office hours, research labs to protest the tax plan. This was last Wednesday, so mm-hmm. didn't stop anything. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole article because we've already gone a little longer than I thought we would. Yeah, yeah. But let's put it this you way. You can read it. It's all over. These articles are out there yeah. and you can search it. Um, this has been a hot topic of conversation. So I can, I, I get a lot of tax credits back for being a college student, as a grad student. The way yeah, my yeah. the way my finances work, not to dig into the numbers, but a portion of my salary goes to... <laughs> the thing about that is like, I got a checking and a savings. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm saying, I, well, I'm going to get into that, but uh, a portion of my salary goes directly back into grad school classes. That's kind of the contract I've worked my way into. Right. Now, if you know anything about grad school students, particularly, I'm a master's student, but there are people who do the same thing for their doctorate, right? These people are living by a thread. Yeah. Uh, you People get this impression, well, the wrong types of people get the wrong impression that PhD students or master's students or grad school students in general are these pious, well-to-do, money, intellectual types, and yeah. that's not... Elitist, that's elitist not, intellectual. Yeah, it's not true. Like not for the most people part, people go to college. For the most part, every grad school student I know is a poor person living. Yeah. From moment to moment. That's the and um, amongst people who know. I mean, that is the character of the grad school student who's living like in the library, yeah. and, like barely with any money, yeah. like subsisting only for their research, and like that's the reality. And any little break you can give those people is the only thing keeping them. Oh. Yeah, and of course the Trump administration saw these little breaks that the government had been giving us, uh, Betsy DeVos, terrible human being, uh, and just said, "Oh, well, let's get rid of that because we can take that money back real quick." So now instead of me getting tax breaks, I'm being taxed on the income I theoretically make to pay for grad school. So that extra money I get that I don't actually see that's on my salary, I'm now getting taxed on that. So Did thanks. Did you see the? Thanks, Trump. Uh, I'm gonna start making thanks Trump a thing that we don't do enough. Uh, Everyone was doing thanks Obama for it would eight be, years. It's like everybody talks about though, where like you know we're past the point of satire. Like you can't because it would yeah. be twenty five things a week. Did you see they took away the tax credit for uh, like your mom's elementary school teacher buying school supplies for all the kids. Oh yeah, yeah. No yep. longer yep. a credit. Yep. Yeah. Great. I guess because wh- why not just like punch all the people in this country right in the face? Just like oh you want to? Our donors said we had to do this, so we're just gonna punch you right in the mouth. And that's, and, you know, I'm not going to harp on oh, this. No, uh, you know what, though, on, on one positive note, I do have to interject. Um, owners of private planes mm. and golf courses got specifically written in tax breaks. For oh. if you're the owner of a golf course, like the president, or the owner of a private plane, like, like the, the president, president, you get a tax break. Mm. So that's cool. That's good for them. I'm, I'm sure. I mean. I know, I know people love golf, but you should all listen to the. Uh, the plant crops <laughs> on the golf course. <laughs> you should plant crops on the golf do. courses. <laughs> All right, and uh, as we, I guess we'll push uh, the other stuff to the second segment. Maybe we'll skip history lessons. Oh, man, this is, we're brutal out here. This is uh, history lessons. All right, we'll skip them. So let's do this last one, uh, just because I saw this, and as a guy who loves and fears the dystopian future that's coming because of years (laughs) of all the books I read, uh, let's talk about this story. Uh, What do you know about the robocalls that people have been getting on the internet for criticizing Donald Trump? Uh... All, I mean, all the stuff. I'm, I'm familiar. I'm versed. I'm going to play this here for you. Here's oh, you're going to play it? Yeah, here it is. You ready for it? Oh, hang on. 
It's hooked to my other speaker. This is bad radio. Sorry. Well, Sorry, folks. What, is it, what do they say? You're gonna... your posts, and it does seem that you've been making some rather negative comments about President Trump. Is that correct? So gross. Listen, we're going to have to ask you to lay off on the negative and derogatory posts about President Trump, okay? <laughs> this is insane. What's your problem anyways? Don't you want to make America great again? That's, that's obviously a joke. Okay. Well, you've been warned. We'll be keeping an eye on you. Have a nice day. And that's a terrible thing. All right. So, I don't know if anyone else read about this story. Uh, turns out that these prank phone calls... Or if, you couldn't, if you couldn't hear, give them background real quick in case you don't know. It's So, these people who have made negative posts about Trump on social media, different things, like voicing their opinions, were getting these phone calls. Mm. Robocalls. People basically saying, like, hey, you're making these comments about the president. Knock yeah. it off. Why don't you support him? Why aren't you into it? We'll be watching you. You better stop talking about him on yeah. social media. People are getting these phone calls, real life. Now, it turns out that this all originated from a prank from an app called Ownage Pranks. Great name, bros. Ownage, Jesus. Um, yeah, Ownage Pranks. I'm just trying to make some internet uh, money. There's so many people who made wild money dude, off the internet the for dumb stuff. stuff that lasts for like 16 dumb, months. The dumbest shit. I should have oh. made a game on the internet. Uh, so, a lot of people, you know, it's a prank, who cares, take it as a joke. And this was the question that I thought was really interesting. If you're the person who receives that voice message, right, that call... Does it matter if it's a prank or not? Because the message is the same. If you don't know that's a prank, that's a threatening phone call. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... Well, it's that becomes a thing, like, you're right. Because you see people talk about that, you know, there's a lot of videos on, like, YouTube where people are doing, like, pranks. And, like, it was a social experiment. Like, if somebody gets mad about something, like, oh, it's just a prank, bro, it's a prank. Like, there was a kid that they, you know, a bunch of guys pulled aside at that Charlottesville rally. You yeah. know, some kid who was out yelling Nazi stuff. He's like, oh, it's just a prank. I'm here for a prank. Like, I'm just, you know, trying to get a joke. You're marching, you're screaming this stuff. It's like if I if I came to your house and I, you know, snatched you up and, and tied your hands up and blindfolded you and punched you and threw you in my trunk, yeah. drove you out to some cabin, was waving a knife at you just as like a prank that yeah. I'm video recording, yeah. that doesn't matter. You're funny. still horrified. Yeah, it's like, a that's kidnapping. not a prank. <laughs> yeah, I still kidnapped. Like, uh, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like, oh, no, it's just a prank. But, like, is it? Because if somebody like, hears that, they get scared. Like, that's not... This is a prank today, Right. It, I know it makes me sound like a weird conspiracy theorist, but I don't know how far away we are from it not being a prank in the future, not right? Necessarily wrong. I'm, I don't. We'll save it for the conspiracy uh, cast, but right. uh, you got no. I know <laughs> genuinely, you've got some points there. No, I know. But you're right about that. I mean, it says you know a prank is like put put Vaseline on somebody's doorknob so they can't get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> put like ketchup maybe, under the the toilet seat, right? Yeah, just some sort of like just <laughs> pranks and you can even do a wild prank where you really get somebody. We buried our friend Dan Nolan's car in the snow one year as a mm, prank during a snowstorm. True story. And he almost got hit by a plow and it was almost <laughs> That really, was not fun. We almost got in way more expensive trouble <laughs> than high school kids have money. Uh, <laughs> but like you know there's things that are pranks but like this isn't, you know, it's not a prank to kick in somebody's door wearing a mask and a gun and tell them to get face down on the floor mm. and they're going to die. And then they're like, ha I was just joking. And I'm going to count. Mm. Just doesn't pass the smell test. Uh, all right. Well, that was rough. Let's, um... It was a hard 20 minutes. It was a hard 20 minutes. We just minutes. went there and rained down on people. We, see, is this what happens when Heather's not here? Yeah, it needs someone it to mellow us out. We're too dark without Heather too here. angry. We've gotten so dark 128 episodes in. How about a little levity, folks? Uh, let's bring in uh, my very good friend, GFOP, uh, Devin Hoffman. Uh, Devin is a great guy, local renaissance man, wonderful dude. Uh, you know what I always found Devin to be? Devin's one of those guys, if maybe, like, if I told you, like, hey, Devin Hoffman, you don't know who it is, you see him, you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. He's always around. Always... Out there. 
Uh, you may know Devin. No, he does have a famous face. You Utica famous hashtag Utica famous. Uh, he. You may know him from Saranac Brewery. He's a longtime member of the Tour Center, Tour Center crew, Tour Center manager. All my mentor. Stuff. Your mentor. My my mentor yeah. at the brewery. Uh, he is currently the digital marketing assistant at Site Seeker Incorporated, and he sat down, had a great time talking to him, about forty minutes. So uh, let's get into our interview with Devin Hoffman. To, to start, well, I guess here's the first one. Devin is not inherently a unique name. I know there are lots of Devins in the world, but you are probably the only Devin I know. So congratulations, because when Thank I said you. to people today, Devin's coming over, they all said, Devin Hoffman? And I said, <laughs> yeah. And they said, great, excellent. So uh, as far as I know, you're the number one Devin when I look you up on Google, the first person who shows up. Awesome. Um, you're not the first Hoffman I know, though. Because I was doing my internet research before you came in, and I want to say that I ran cross-country at Proctor a couple years after your sister, Brooke? Yep. Is that your sister? Yep. All right, good. See, okay. Yeah, yeah so I knew her, knew her before I knew you. Yep. Uh, she was way better at cross-country <laughs> than I was. I, I will say that. I was doing it for the t-shirt. She was doing it for glory. Um, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you here in the studio, Devin. I know it's been a long, it's probably overdue. We probably should have had you on a long time ago. Happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and I always get excited to do interviews when uh, my good buddies, Kevin and Cliff, are just as excited about the person <laughs> coming in as I am. So they were very pleased to see you. Uh, thank you for coming in. I do appreciate it. Cheers. And, of course, we are talking with Devin Hoffman. Currently, you are the Digital Marketing Assistant for Sightseeker Incorporated. Uh, you are formerly of the Saranac Brewery. You are a renaissance man. You are all <laughs> over uh, the city of Utica. So I guess that's a good place to start, though, because the first time I met you, at least I've met you many times, but mm -hmm. the first time I remember really, like, hanging out with you for an extended period of time, and I'm probably wrong about this, we went to a party at GFOP Katie Riley's house, and I ended up sitting at the living room table, before she moved into her new place, yeah, yeah. we ended up sitting at the table, and it was one of the rare, I'm not a huge drinker, I very rarely drink, like, intensely, but that night, for whatever reason, I had drank a ton of Jameson, and it was, Katie was really thrown off by it, because it was very rare for me to walk into a house and just be like, do you have any, like, liquor? And she's like, we, what? Why? <laughs> uh, but that was one of the first times I remember extending, like, an extended period of time with you in a single room, so I'm sorry. I guess that's my uh, apology. <laughs> I've met many of people that way. <laughs> um... But really, I guess what I knew you best from was hanging out with Kevin and Cliff, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, but you are another Proctor grad like me, so let me start back here. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Um, I was born here in Utica, <laughs> and I was raised right on Holland Ave, right here in Utica. And Did you uh, go to John F. Hughes Elementary? No, so I'm a magnet student. Magnet so student. I okay. went to Jones. That's you nice, are Jones the nice elementary, elementary school. The fancy yeah. one. <laughs> so even though I live... <laughs> 
uh, very close, and all my neighbors and friends went mm. to Hughes. Yeah. I was a Jones kid. That's fair. I, yep. Jones was interesting. Uh, was your elementary when you're in elementary school, you don't think about it the same. Like when I was at Proctor, I was aware of what all the rival schools were. Yeah. But in elementary school, you don't think about it. It wasn't until years later that I was like, you know, Jones was probably a nicer school than you. <laughs> I lived on like Valentine Bray growing up, so for me, it was like I'm just gonna walk to mm-hmm. new school, and I liked it. But Jones is a lovely, lovely school, and yes. I assume if that means you went to Jones, that means you probably went to Don. No, JFK, right? There was no Donovan. Donovan. Was there Donovan? Donovan. You're not as you're not older than me that much then. You're probably younger than me now. That I think. <laughs> so you went to Donovan as well. Yep. Uh, and then you went to Proctor. Yes. Man, after my own heart, South Utica <laughs> to Donovan to Proctor. Um, I won't ask you to date yourself, um, but I do ask people all the time about Proctor and about whatever high school they went to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of times I get people in here who are not like you and I who didn't go to Proctor, and they're always thrown off by these questions. But I'll ask you. Proctor always notoriously had a stereotype for being a school full of troublemakers and thugs and criminals. And Did you feel like when you went there that that was justified, or did you feel like it was overblown? I feel like it was overblown. Overblown, and, right. And, and I tell people this all the time when Proctor comes up yeah, in the yeah. conversation and, and the fact that I had gone there. Um, I mean, I enjoyed every, every second of it. Yeah. And, uh, and there was no more times when I felt... Like, I was, I don't want to word it like this, where I felt like I was in danger. <laughs> right, right. I know what you mean, though. Like, at any other point yeah. in my life. Um, yeah, and I think, it, you know, it's funny. I'm glad I always ask that question because more often than not, I think people who don't go to Proctor or don't grow up in Utica, don't go to the school, had this impression it was so terrible. And yet every time I talk to someone who went to Proctor, like almost 98, 99% of the time, they are like, I loved it. Yeah. And I always, I'm always curious where the disconnect is. I always wonder, I try and figure out, like, where the line is for people who like are scared of it or love it, and I, I can't tell. Yeah, crowds, I'm, I guess. If you like being around that many people, that's the biggest knock I can give you. There's yeah, a lot of people. I liked being in a classroom with I did too. Forty-five yeah, to did sixty too. kids. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. And you had to sit at the teacher's desk sometimes because there wasn't enough seats in the in the class. That was fun for me. Now I have to ask you this question because when I did my internet research, uh, you went to Proctor and then you followed up at Cobleskill. Taking uh, computer IT, like web design? Yep. Must have been a little bit of culture shock to go from someplace <laughs> like Proctor to end up at someplace like Cobalt. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it was very interesting. I mean, the three schools that I had come down to for me was Cobalt it was Morrisville, and it was SUNY IT. Mm, I see. And, um, and just, you know, it was a tough decision. I, I liked all of them, but that's, you know, I ultimately settled mm. on Cobalt which is primarily known as an agriculture school. Right. And so my dorm, freshman and sophomore year, was the one that was closest to the agriculture buildings. Right. So all the kids that I met during my, like, freshman orientation mm. and, and during that were all <laughs> there for uh, ag engineering. Yeah, yeah. Um, my roommate, my sophomore year, was a, a turf grass management major. Mm. Um, I knew people <laughs> who went there for welding, <laughs> fisheries turf? and wildlife. Turf grass management What's a wild job? <laughs> I don't understand what yeah. that is. So it, it's like the, the people who become the pros, or not the pros, yeah. but the, the, I don't know what their titles are, but they, they run the courses at like golf courses mm. and, or baseball okay. stadiums. The greenskeeper type yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And, right, uh, and so like they went to school. So there yeah. was like, they weren't intended to be pitching mm. greens, 
But there was pitching greens like on the yeah. campus yeah. because they had to rip them out and put them in as like a part of the class. Huh. And so, and then I'm there for computers. So I mean, I remember on my first day, we're going around the room, yeah, uh, in our dorm, introducing ourselves. And you know, I was one of the first ones. Oh, Devin Hoffman, Utica, and I'm here for computers. Everyone was kind of like the record, yeah. sh- you know, shrieked <laughs> and everyone turned, and it was like, yeah, it was all welding and and ag guys. And then I realized that that's primarily what it was. Now I gotta ask you about the computer thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've always said over the years that uh, I'm I'm 31 right now, so uh, internet showed up in my life. Computers using them regularly, like in high school, or elementary school, and middle school, we had computer class, but no one was really taking it seriously at that point in time. Um, so I always feel like I missed... Math Blaster and Oregon yeah, Trail. Math Blaster, yeah, I love... I can't, that's a Midnight Madness. Uh, yeah, so I, I liked that, but you know, I, I never understood much about computers until uh, a little bit too late. Like, I always look back at like my, my generation and be like, ah, I missed it by a couple years. I could have made my money on the internet. You were you were in school for computer for computer IT. Uh, did you have any idea that like this was the future with like, so much technology when you did it? Man, and... I anticipated that it would it would be the future. Right. Sure. Um, what I ended up doing and where I've gone with that, I, mm. I never would have guessed right. that going in. So, um, what did you think when you left Cobleskill? What was your plan? It, it, it actually wasn't even when I left Cobleskill. When mm. I left Proctor, um, okay. my whole thing with computers was that it was actually graphic design. Graphic design, but. I didn't have any of the programs. I didn't know Photoshop. I didn't know Illustrator. Mm. Um, there was a, a knockoff one called GIMP. I didn't even have that. I had. MS Paint. MS Paint. That's where I did yeah, my magic. For sure. <laughs> you know? And that's where, at that time in high school, I was, you know, my space was the thing. Yeah. So I was doing paint and soft coding background skins for people's MySpace pages. Mm-hmm. Am I under the impression that MS Paint is gone, by the way? I think they were getting rid of They're it. They're getting rid of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Shout out to it. <laughs> so you're doing this for people's Facebook pages? No, MySpace. MySpace pages. Wow. So I, that Stated. was where I would, I would do, right. you know, I did my own, and people said, oh, hey, how'd you get a not super generic background? Right, I was right, like, oh, right. I don't know, this is a MySpace <sighs> thing. And so I went for what I th- thought was design, but yeah. it was web design. Mm. So when I started, I didn't realize that it was actually not on the design side. It was all coding. Coding, And, yeah. and building of a site, but I enjoyed it. And uh, But I was, I'll say nervous when I was uh, getting towards graduation because I was the only kid left in the major. Right. So it so it was a four year program. Cobble Skill huh. prior was relatively known as a two year school. Right. So their four year programs were, were sort of new around the time that I had started there. And there was during my freshman year there was four kids in the web development major. Mm-hmm. Design development. Um, and they either transferred or left right, or right. switched majors so that my senior year I was the only one left. And so uh, it was one of those things where I was nervous because I was saying, I don't know if this is A, very difficult, but I get it, and I'm in good shape, mm-hmm. or B, it's a, no one's looking for someone in this field, and right. I'm going to be in trouble when I <laughs> yeah. when I leave. <laughs> and uh, and now I look back and, and I understand what it was just, mm-hmm. you know, they were more people were going towards networking they than they coding. were coding. Which is funny because I think that coding seems like, an, at least from my opinion, talking to enough people about it, I, I've been back from New York for about four years. No, I'm sorry, two years since I've been back from New York, but for the last five years, even when I was waiting tables in New York, I had three guys who all got into a coding, like, uh, I don't even know, like, not a class, but like a program where they would teach you coding, and then there's like a 97% like placement job rate, and everyone jumped into it, and I was like, is this a good should I be jumping in on this? Or am, I, am I missing out again on something? 
Uh, I feel like this is like Bitcoin's the next one now. I, I missed out on this already, and it's too late for me to make all my money. But I was like, damn it, I should have known better. So you leave Copal Skill, and you got your web. You have your degree, web design. Where was your first stop? Where did you think the plan was? So, um, during that time, and it's actually crazy when I look mm. back on, on how it worked out. But um, during my last couple of years at mm. Copal Skill, I was a tour guide at the brewery. Um, yes, and excellent. so that was where I, it was my part time. It was my summer gig. Mm. I came home on a weekend, do a couple tours, but that was yeah. that was what I was doing. Um, but I knew that they had uh, a policy in place that once you graduated, you couldn't be a tour guide any longer. Yeah. So I knew that I wasn't going to be eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed to do an internship in order to graduate. Right, and I found uh, an internship with a baseball team in Cooperstown. Mm. It was um, the double A's or the. No, no, I'm trying to think of who the team is that's out there. Now. Yeah, they're not there anymore, yeah, but yeah. they were the Cooperstown Hawkeyes. Oh, okay. And actually, sure. the owner of that team was one of my professors at Cobleskill. Mm. And um, and he needed a web developer mm. to build their website and go to all the games and mm-hmm. keep the re- track of their stats and all the things that they did. And so I was signed up to, to do that. Um, the issue was is that it was an unpaid internship. Oh, yeah. I was going to need to do something to be able to support me driving yeah. to Cooperstown Right. Five, six days a week yes. for eight to ten hours <laughs> yeah. a day. And so I actually um, ended up talking with Lee from the, the gift shop at the brewery. Oh, yeah. Um, and she was going to let Lee. me work in shipping <laughs> yeah. during the mornings. Mm. And then that would support the cost of me right. doing uh, doing all this um, in Cooperstown. So that was the plan. That was in place. Everything was ready to go. And about two weeks before graduation... Um, I get a phone call from Lee, and she wanted to just discuss what my plan was. I told her what sure. I just told you. And uh, and she said, well, we just had an opening for her assistant mm. um, and for her position. Yeah. And so uh, so she said, would you be interested? And I said, well, if I can swing it as my internship um, and do some work on the site and things yeah, like yeah. that. And they said, that's not a problem. So I went in, I interviewed uh, for that, and about three days before graduation, I got hired and I started the day after graduation. Yeah. Um, and so it, it went in, in the span of 10 days, completely flipped, where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do after, you know, my month of working for, a couple months of working mm. for this baseball team is done, yeah. and then I don't have any position, to now I got a full-time position yeah. in my hometown with a salary. Mm. So nice turnaround. It's a nice yeah. quick. And I was always, you know, <clears throat> I think it's funny. I didn't know this. You can't be a tour guard after a certain time? It, that was a policy that was in place to get kind of new. Um, I was say, I feel like at 31, I would make an excellent <laughs> tour guide. The problem is, I've been on the tour so many times from years of living here yeah. that I know the answers to the questions already. So I'm that jerk who's in the back and it's like, Jonathan Winters, give me a ticket. I'm like, all right. They haven't even asked the question. No, they haven't even asked. I'm like, the answer is Jonathan Winters. Just come on, let's move it along. I'm, I need a beer, maybe. And they're pretty sick of me. Um, how long were you at the brewery? So. Three years I spent as mm-hmm. a tour guide, and then um, so then I, I went full time after graduation in 2011, mm-hmm. and I worked there up until uh, last December. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, mm-hmm. so five, five years. years. Yeah. Yep. Now, I certainly love the Saturday Night Brewery and all of my friends who work there. Uh, I think that when you say to people in general, "I work at a brewery," they get this impression sometimes like some sort of Willy Wonka like <laughs> type experience. So give me some. What are some pros and cons of working at a brewery? Um, 
pros is that Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, that vibe. You know, <laughs> and, and and I've visited many breweries, yeah. and, and that's a hobby that you know was born out of me sure. working there, and especially now is the best time ever to have that hobby because they're popping it. up left and right. <laughs> um, and, and it's awesome to visit them. And, and what I used to do, and I still do today, is is I kind of just compare. Um, I enjoy all of them, but yeah. I I try and figure out what their uh, ambiance is and, and what their niche is. <laughs> well, you're in, you're in an interesting place, sort of like me, right? The first brewery you've probably been to and did the tour was probably the Saranac Brewery. Yeah. Right? And if you are used to that as a brewery tour, when you start to go to other brewery tours, you realize that you're a little spoiled. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, is that... Well, and, so, and that's why I, I, I laugh at the... Um, in regards to the Willy yeah. Wonka part of it, because... Saranac's tour and brewery um, is the closest thing to that yeah. environment. It's, that, that's it's interesting. It's an interesting layout. It doesn't. It makes sense, but in a different way than you would expect. I think yeah. the Brooklyn Brewery it doesn't look like that. It's yeah. laid out so different. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's a, I, I worked a uh, a rehearsal dinner. Mm. Um, in I was still in, in college at the time, and they had the rehearsal dinner at the brewery because they met. When they were doing a high school really? rendition of Willy Wonka <laughs> for their drama club, yeah. and they wanted a Willy Wonka themed wedding, and so they yeah. had their rehearsal dinner at Saranac because it reminded them of Willy Wonka. I'm see, I didn't even know that. I'm glad I referenced that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was a pro. I mean, the the people that you met, the people sure. you interact with, um, the stories you hear, and sure. and I'm, and this is is not just for the brewery, but all mm. things. Well, I'll say Utica, but just in sure. general, I, I love history and, and learning about those things. And mm-hmm. so, when someone comes in who visited the brewery in uh, 1951, and they're telling what it was like, you know, for them, or the mm-hmm. first tour started in '65, so they came in '68, right. and you think, well, what did they even talk about? They made UC, <laughs> you know, like they, <laughs> yeah. had, they made up here. And so, how long was the tour? It was <laughs> just walk through and back to the yeah. tavern, and then. You could stay all day long, yeah. and uh, so listening to people tell those stories and and hearing about the area as a mm-hmm. part of that, those were all things that that I definitely mm-hmm. um, enjoyed from that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the f- the flip side, and this is something that um, it, it's a combo, but I I, I enjoy it sure. um, in how it helped shape me was uh, was more on, on the on the shop side right. and in retail. And learning and customer service. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, because you give a tour of a brewery and you are getting ready to take people back to a tavern, no one's mad at you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves you. You're the, the best yeah, person yeah. in the room. When you're on the other side and you're dealing with deadlines for holiday gifts, birthday gifts, right. and, and trying to get these things, an uh, order was mm. broken, when it, you know, mm. and things like that. And, um, and so it, it was a, a good growth experience and learning experience for however many years mm. I was answering the phones for of um, of you know doing the customer service and that also helped grow you know my interactions with people which was on the tour side too. I have some very specific uh, things I need to ask you that were presented to me by co-host of the show Kevin Sullivan and you can just verify them uh, as true or false and you can elaborate if you choose to. Okay. Uh, true or false? For Christmas, you give out autographed pictures of yourself, or you have in the past. True or false? Um, for Christmas, false. <laughs> but have I given out autographed pictures of myself? <laughs> yes. Um, I held my own party at the brewery once, a couple of years after graduation, <laughs> for all my college friends. 
and uh, and you used to get a pint glass um, yeah. when you left the party, and yeah. in every pint glass was an autographed three by five <laughs> of me. Um, <laughs> I uh, I gave all of my uh, athletic coaches or all the coaches in the athletic department when I left college a designed picture of me playing tennis autographed with an inscription <laughs> just to let it know um, how much I appreciated oh. them, which I will say uh, I got a Snapchat not too long ago that one is still hanging up in their office. <laughs> Someone was visiting the school in an office and sent it to their boss who knew me and said, isn't this that Devin kid? <laughs> right, so, so yes, I do give out autographed pictures. I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, true or false? You, Devin Hoffman, low-key, have an aspiring rap career. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your rap career. What's going on with this, my man? Um, man, it started sarcastically. <laughs> you know, it was one of those other kids in, in Donovan, other kids in my middle school were rapping, and I was like, I could do that. I mean, I listen to, to rap, and I, you know, can, can come up with lyrics and rhyme. And so... Uh, <laughs> Um, I started. I started. This is a good way of putting it, by the way. I can come up with rhyme. <laughs> what do you mean? I uh, um. I started recording on like the Microsoft recorder. Yeah, with yeah. A, um, with a PlayStation Two headset. Yes. For, uh, yes. I remember. SoCom, I think, was a game I, or whatever. I played the... more than shout out to SoCom people out there. It's <laughs> Vegas too. I'm into it. And <laughs> so, uh, so I, I recorded on that, and it was before having mixers or anything. So I actually had to record. With the headset, the instrumentals playing off the computer, mm. and then I would just rap into the headset over <laughs> it in a, in a second take, and then uh, then when I got to high school, I uh, partnered up with AJ Bates, who went mm. by the Masta, and uh, and we became D Line. Mm. So I was the banterist. The banterist is and was my rap name. The banterist. Yes. That's pretty good. That came from because <laughs> it was I, I was trying to figure out um, a way to describe myself because I was sarcastically rapping mm. like other people did. So I was banter. just going all the way through um, thesaurus.com <laughs> and banter came up and I said, I'm the banterist. I'm a, I'm a big English football guy and uh, there's a go-to phrase we watch is uh, just a little bit of banter. When you say something bad about something, that makes me, that's the first thing I think of and it makes me laugh. Yep. Um, well, I'll say this as before we move on from Saranac. Um, those boys miss you. They tell me all the time they love you. <laughs> Just want you to know. Uh, you moved out not too long ago. You are currently the digital marketing assistant at Site Seeker Inc. Um, now, I read a little bit about this before I came in, but for uh, people who don't know exactly what you guys do, could you give us a quick like rundown of what you do over there? Yeah. So Site Seeker is a, uh, a digital marketing agency, mm. and they can help with um, you know everything that takes place online, mm -hmm. search engine optimization, building a website, designing a website. Mm -hmm. Um, design, just if it's mm -hmm. used, um, you know, along with campaigns and, and advertisements sure. that you have going on, uh, on a social side, lead nurturing, mm -hmm. um, and all sorts of different uh, online things like that. But then um, we also do a lot with uh, how to help your marketing team. Sure. And that could be, you know, in trainings, mm -hmm. in uh, preparations for your staff, um, you know, a lot of like you know we'll do trainings for salespeople with LinkedIn and how to you know take advantage of that and uh, and what to look for and, and just anything to really help um, a marketing and sales team you know, mm. succeed Wonderful. and further it. Uh, it must have been a little bit of a culture shock again to go from a brewery like camaraderie yep. type atmosphere to I would assume is an office type gig. Yep. What was the uh, 
So, I mean, and that, that was something we had a lot of conversations about <laughs> yeah. before I started. Um, and, you know, they said, do you think you'll be able to, to transition to 40 hours a week mm-hmm. at, a, at a desk? And, um, and I said, I think so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they go, sure. I'll tell you in January. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and there was times where, you know, like I just felt like oh, my back hurts, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in those first couple weeks because I went from having, you know, thanks to my Fitbit, 20,000 plus steps a day. Right. At the brewery. And that was just on a normal day where I was like, oh, I thought I was at my desk all day long. Yeah. To 1,000 steps. Yeah, yeah. You know, and. I was uh, waiting tables, man. You, get, you don't even realize how yeah, far you you're walking. Even... Yeah. And so uh, my record's 76,000. Mo concert day. But, hey, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, so that was definitely, there, there was a lot of getting up and just kind of walking mm. around to get. Sure. But, uh, but after a couple weeks of that, um, the the important thing was if I didn't have anything to do, mm. then it would have been um, impossible. But there was always something to work on. There's always something new to learn, especially in the digital space sure. of uh, researching new things that could be coming out. Um, that I, I was always into something, sure. and so it wasn't like I was just focusing on I'm curious, you know, get my legs going numb, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Um, but yeah, there was always. You know something beneficial that you could get wrapped into mm. that it was actually good too because you would think oh it's eleven a.m. yeah but it's actually four p.m. You know, and and uh, I did look up the website today to look up some info but I'll let you do you have the, the website address if people want to check out what you guys are up to yeah it's uh, it's site seekercom site seekercom all right a couple more things before we get to the lightning round here um, this was uh, this was another piece of information that was passed along to me I've heard you were a big sports fan. Um, I know you're a Yankees fan, Jets fan. Uh, I've also heard, and I don't know how true this is, that you are a local sports beer league legend, and that you are out there almost every night <laughs> killing it uh, on the amateur sports leagues. Is this true or false? Um, the very amateur <laughs> sports leagues. So you would think that it's you know softball and, and those those. Yeah, ones. yeah. I, I never played on, on a softball team, mm. but I'm I'm playing kickball and volleyball and ultimate frisbee. I did volleyball with. Uh, our good friend Kate Riley for the mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, New York Sash team. That like, was the first, first uh, yeah. introduction I ever had. Was I I altered or I was a sub on the very last game like five years ago. Is that I think that's what she does because I think I got pulled in because <laughs> somebody left like John's on grown. Shout out to my buddy John. He left. Yeah. She's like I need someone else to come in and be crummy at this. Yeah. Like I can be yep. very crummy at this if you need me. To. I'm the go to yeah. crummy <laughs> alternate. Uh, what would you say is your uh, so you're a Giants, you're a Jets fan, you're a Yankees fan. What's your your main sport of choice, though, if you had to pick one? Baseball, baseball guy. Yeah. So um, and and that actually goes into something that I said earlier, and and this is also true for the Jets, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the history. History. Um, I could tell you a lot about the Yankees mm-hmm. from this past year or last year, you know, okay. and and their good years, but I could tell you way more about the Yankees from the '30s and the Yankees right. from the '40s, right, right, right. and and that's and it's just because that's where I spend. You know, free time. I'll go to the hall and I'll research that and, and read about these, you know, these historic guys. What's interesting about it, like my my dad grew up as a Yankees fan, so I got I got like the Thurman Munson lectures and all that kind of stuff growing up. But I think that I, I love sports. Don't get me wrong. I spent years doing sports podcasts. I watch a ton of soccer, a ton of NBA, a ton of baseball. But 
Baseball in particular is the one that I feel like for me, as I've gotten older, I've lost my ability, especially if it's not the Yankees, to really enjoy it that much. Like the Yankees, I'm invested. That's my team. But like you can't put a Cardinals-Cubs game on for me and be like, okay, I'm just going to watch this game where I have no rooting interest. And I don't know if it's just that I'm getting older or if it's just No, that- I, I understand what you're saying. Um, it's a long Because game. I remember being in high school and probably watching – this is a made-up stat. 95% oh, yeah. of the innings. Yeah. Not even the games. Like, I probably watched every game, but, like, I watched so seven radio. to eight yeah. of the innings per oh, yeah. game at least, and I knew every player. I knew the bench guys, you know. I, I knew all sorts of stuff that was going on. And this year... I'll skip a game. If it wasn't on yeah. ESPN or a, a, a yeah. network that I could access, because I, I didn't have yes, yeah. or I couldn't listen to it on the radio, I didn't get to see as much. Or I'd watch it on GameCast or try and keep up with it. But... Um, and so with that being said, so what I would do, and, and even if it meant that I, I couldn't watch a Yankee game or listen to a Yankee game, um, Nicole and I would go to Syracuse to go to a mm. Chiefs game because I just wanted to see live baseball. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. so we got to go to Wrigley last year, which was cool, and we went to a, um, mm. an Indians game this year and stuff. And so for me, um, if I'm watching it on TV, it's, it's really got to be mm-hmm. the Yankees or the World Series right, playoff exactly. like that. But I also, I, I'm totally... Um, Fine with going and just watching live baseball, right. even live if it's baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and and honestly, even if it's it's single A's or yeah. little league, whatever, just seeing you know, mm-hmm. it, it to me it's, it strips the commentation out and lets me kind of. I've had this running joke for years uh, about uh, soccer and baseball because I used to be a huge baseball fan. It was my number one sport, and right now the only sport that gets me excited is I'll, I wake up and I watch Premier League on Saturdays and Sundays. And someone asked me, like, how that works. And I was like, well, I only have room in my life for one long, slow, boring sport. And uh, baseball lost out in this yeah, case. Yeah. Um, but I think, and that's sort of a joke because I don't really think soccer is going to do that. Soccer is always an hour and a half. Like, whether the game is good or not is here or there. But it's not like it's slow. It's an, it's an exact period of time. It's this yeah. long. That was what got me with baseball. Is after a while, I was like, this is a five-hour Yankee game. Like, I... Lost a lot of time in my life. I mean, like it's it's funny. A particular series that comes to mind. I don't remember what year it was, but the Yankees had a five game series in Fenway late in the season, and they swept them. And it was it was very very crucial to them, you know, in in what they were doing as the postseason picture came. And I watched every minute of that series. And those that was back when Yankee Red Sox games averaged like four plus hours. Always unbearably. And so like I look back at it now and I'm like, I probably spent twenty five hours in those three, four days watching baseball, which is awesome. I probably couldn't do that. (laughs) No, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to handle it now. Uh, you mentioned Nicole. You are relative. You're relatively newly engaged. You've been. Engaged, I don't know when you're. May. 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 So May congratulations. Got, thank you. Congratulations. Are you prepared for uh, for marriage and maybe fatherhood down the road? Yes. Yes. Um, definitely marriage. I'm prepared for most. <laughs> sure, certainly, of course, right. <laughs> um, as a person who, as I plan my weekends, it consists of what ten breweries can we visit on this one right yeah hundred mile road trip. <laughs> I'm probably not the. Uh... <laughs> well, you get there. It's, it's yeah, the first yeah. stage. You got to work past that. Part. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's it's actually it's incredible because um, Nicole worked at the brewery too. Oh yeah, and uh, so that's where place. we met. And and it was, you know, I, I've uh, found someone who, all the things that I said, like, you know, yeah. I like to do, go to a 
yeah. Syracuse uh, baseball game or watch the Yankees or mm-hmm. do this. I've turned her somehow from a Steelers fan to a Jets fan, oh. and she'll go out and, and watch the Jets. As a, as a Bills fan, none of that makes me happy. <laughs> Be 3-13 and 13 <laughs> with me and uh, and visit all these breweries. And so, uh, no, it's, it's been a blast. Can I say, as a Bills fan, uh, from a Bills fan to a Jets fan, I'd rather be you this year. I feel like <laughs> this year I'd rather be you guys. This year's been such a downer for the Bills fans. When they got to two wins, it was like they defied. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for they sure. Did, like, it was like the, the season. I, I was I was done. I was content. Everyone said the Jets were going to be trash this yeah. year. And I like Bulls, actually. Uh, for anyone who I haven't scared away with all the sports conversations, <laughs> we could talk about this for now. Uh, and we're going to get to lightning round. And I'm going to ask you this question. I, I probably should have asked it earlier, but I feel like remiss if I didn't ask you now. And if you don't have an answer for it, that's okay. Uh, you you had a degree in web design, computer IT. Uh, you work in digital marketing. Do you have any thoughts about the or any concerns about this potential to repeal net neutrality? Have you thought about this at all? Does it affect you in any particular way? Um, I don't. I don't mean to put you in the no, spot. No, no, yeah. and, and and that's it's a fair question. It's a good question. Um, we're I mean, I'm preparing for it to affect yeah, us. Yeah. How, when, where? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it, it's something that you know. Uh, as the talks got more serious, yeah. it was something that you know I said I need to start looking into yeah. this a little bit more and mm-hmm. seeing and, and preparing if I need to prepare. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't tell you what those preparations are because mm. it's, right. it's still above my. Head. I was just curious. <laughs> I, I've been reading a lot about yeah. it. Trying to, I feel like it's a. It's one of the, outside of this taxes thing, it's probably the most important thing that's going on right now. And mm-hmm. I don't think half the people who are paying attention to taxes are paying attention to net neutrality. I just yeah. don't think that the exposure and the the visibility is there yet for people. I, I wish it was. And I, I think there's a lot that it's, well, I, I would say a majority. It's just, I, I don't go on the computer. Exactly. I, don't, I don't know what that is, exactly. <laughs> you know. All right, uh, Devin, it's been a real pleasure having you here. It is time for the lightning round questions. So if you are ready, these are the same five or six questions we've asked everybody who's been on the show, especially one special one I brought back just for you, okay? Uh, All right, Devin, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Um, Black or with milk if I have it. Mm. Now you saying this when I when I made coffee for you earlier that you just recently got into coffee yes. because you were an energy drinks man. So <laughs> I stocked vending machines in high school. That was right. my high school job at, uh, at it's a good gig, actually St. Elizabeth's yeah, Medical Center. It's a good gig. And um, and so I was always surrounded by sodas and energy drinks mm-hmm. and water too, but I never drank that. And um, so <laughs> I would drink Amp all the time. Oh, and then I got to college, and I had this magical student ID card that I could go to the student store and get anything yep. I wanted, and they had AMP. So I drank AMP all the time. Then mm. I got a full-time job, and I drank Red Bull because um, I had a little bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. And, uh, and so I just drank energy drinks all the time. Oh, and man. so it got to maybe a year and a half ago um, when I just was – I went to clean out my car, and I was like, wow, there's – 35 Red Bull cans in here, and this is from this week. <laughs> so uh, so I said, you know what, I think I'm going to start trying coffee. And, yeah, so I've only been having it for about a year, so I, I test around. You know, if, if someone's like, how do you want it uh, at, a, at a coffee shop, I'll say, surprise me. I'm going at this point in time to, like, just kind of whatever. It's like case-by-case yeah. case basis. Some days, if I'm, most of the time, it's a little cream and not as much sugar, <laughs> like, depending on the day. Uh, I also like flavored coffee. If people like give me crap about, like I love that Utica coffee 
southern pecan flavor. And most people will roll their eyes at me and be like, you know, flavor coffee. I'm like, come on. I'm, whatever. Yeah. I'm not trying to win a contest here. I like what I like. Uh, what was your first automobile? Uh, 1995 Toyota pickup. Powerful. I bought it at a garage sale. Powerful. For $500. Yes. When I was 15, I didn't even have my permit yet. And so I had to learn... I learned how to drive standard before I learned how to drive automatic. That was like a two-door small one then, right? Yep. Those are the coolest trucks. Dude, I've been talking about those trucks for years. I wish more people were into those trucks. No one makes them anymore. Yep. No one buys them. Uh, the only problem is I guess you probably got roped into moving for people a lot, right? They probably were like, hey, can you help me move this thing? You know, yes, but... I like loved it because I was it was right. like I was sixteen and like I was like I want to go drive around but I can only do it till nine <laughs> and so but then if someone's like hey can you help me move I was like oh yes I can <laughs> well of course I I gotta go help some move I'm sorry I gotta go you may or may not have taken your Toyota pickup truck to go see it but what was your first live music event it was the Backstreet Boys yes so yes. I was a, I was a big fan of the Backstreet yes. Boys. At, uh, at Jones, I was actually um, Nick Carter in the Backstreet Boys Club at Jones. And wow. uh, so they Topical. were at the state fair. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so we went, and my parents surprised us because um, I'm, uh, I'm one of four kids. Sure. So we all went, and they just said we were going to the fair, but we were actually going to see the Backstreet Boys. And I was, like, screaming like louder than my sisters were. Um, you're not going to show. You're not going to embarrass me because I'll tell you, I worked at a record store. And uh, I definitely owned a Greatest Hits compilation of the Backstreet Boys because whether or not they're easy targets for jokes, they had some hits. There were hits there. There were some hits. I mean, I remember when Millennium came out, I put it in the CD player, and I sat there and I listened to it the entire day on repeat so I could learn the songs by the next time I went to school. So people, I was like, oh, I know that song. Staying in a similar category, give me one book album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching? Um, so I just finished reading uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, the, I wanted to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just finished that. That was very good, and then we went to the movie. Um, what did you think of the movie? Uh, I mean, I liked the book a little more. The movie was enjoyable. Sure. I've also seen the original, right? right and right. so that one I, I liked mm-hmm. a little bit better, um, but, it, but it was a good rendition of yeah. it. Um, and then we actually just finished uh, Ozark on Netflix. Everyone loves Ozark. Yesterday. Yeah. So that was, we watched, I mean, we went through uh, Punisher and uh, Defenders and uh, pretty much anything. So that's the one we just finished. And then Did I'm, you like Defenders? I sat through Jessica Jones and I'm trying to debate whether or not I should go through Defenders or not. I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Punisher is, is leaps and bounds better. That's what I've been hearing. Um, I, I would watch that. Like, kind of like how I watch right now. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Any time, any any day, any Man, point. It's the best. It's so. It's good, just dude. any any mood. You know, any episode. There's no rhyme or reason. Punisher is gonna probably become that for me. Yeah. Uh, we just I just finished watching Parks and Rec, front to back <laughs> for like the third time. I need to stop. <laughs> um, give me one more thing besides uh, besides your connection to technology, besides your connection uh, your connection to community, besides New York Jets that you, Devin Hoffman, are passionate about. Hmm. That's a good question. Tough um, one, I know. It stumps people a lot. What am I passionate about? I'm actually going to say, and this is this has kind of got two to it, um, I'm going to say traveling, mm. but for local tourism. Okay. Uh, not necessarily, you know, I'm not a destination right, 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 guy, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I can't stay still, so I constantly like, mm. you know, putting road trips together, but visiting 
other small areas and seeing the, you know, all the things that, that Utica, for example, has and, and does yeah. and that a lot of people don't know about. I'm curious in, you know, the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, what their events mm. in that other version, yeah. you know, and, and doing those kind of things. And so when I'm looking at, at putting a trip together, I'll look and see, you know, I'll search museum and I want to yeah. see that there's a guitar pick museum and, you know, in the <laughs> middle of museum, Ohio right? and, uh, and stuff like that and, and see, you know, all these different places that you can go to or visit historical societies for them. This may or may not be a mug from the Walmart museum, which does <laughs> exist. I'm just going to throw that out there at you. Um, and normally... That would be my last question. However, I've been told that I need to uh, bring back an old question for you because I've been told that the answer already exists. I want to see if you get the answer that we all thought you were going to get. I'm going to give the scenario to you. Devin, you are the WWE heavyweight champion. You are walking down to the ring to defend your title. The crowd is chanting your name in the background as you hold the title up over your head. What song is playing in the background as you make your way to the ring? <laughs> um, man, I'd probably say Annie Up. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that was the that was the, the song that was given to us. Annie Up by Joe Button. Uh, true or false? I heard a rumor that you spent a discernible amount of your own money to buy out the jukebox oh, and play this song all night long. <laughs> I did that on a TouchTunes app, but I didn't remember it, and I did it with a card that was linked to an account that was self-sustaining. I never needed to look at it. So not only did I run that song all night on the jukebox, but then I got hit with so many overdraft fees because I wasn't looking at my bank account, and I had actually dropped it below that when all was said and done for 26 straight plays of Annie Up, you know, it probably cost me 350 bucks. You, you ended up quite a bit for that song. Uh, Devin, it is a real pleasure to finally have you in the studio. Uh, best of luck going forward. Uh, Site-seeker.com is the website. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. Absolutely. Overdue. It was a real pleasure. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Great, great, great guy. Awesome time talking to him. Yeah. Um, oh no, Charles wants to be let out of the studio. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the cat out of the studio. And you go ahead and let the cat out. Um, I'll say, uh, great job. I'm glad that I always like when the person who does the interview is here, and it's like nice. when I'm here. You know what I mean? Like it's nice to be able to see the people and listen in, in the interview because after we do the show, I don't really listen back. No, I don't. You either. know what I mean? I do the show and I kind of let it go. And I, well, I know you listen to it and you mix it, but. There have been times sort of that you hear at yeah. least some of it. There have been times we've had guests on the show where I never listened to the interview and I was like, oh, it's too bad, it's a shame. I would have liked to have heard what that person said, but right. like I just, you know, it doesn't fit in. So I like when I'm able to kind of sit mm. and listen to the interview and it's a good chat, especially with somebody you know who's a good buddy of mine. Mm. So uh, he was awesome. I had a really nice time uh, talking to him. And again, 
He's engaged now. He's getting ready to be married. It's true. He's ready for the next step. I, let me tell you what. That wedding, I got to save the date for that wedding. Uh, it's on the fridge in the studio here. That uh, is the, also the house. Um, <laughs> it's going to be at the Utica Zoo. Which is amazing. I've never been to a wedding at the zoo. I, it's going to be, this is one of those weddings I feel like it's going to be like party of the century. It's going to oh. be a really good one. I'm looking forward to it. Knowing the two of them would be quite the party. It would be. Shout out. Devin Indeed. Nicole. Congratulations. Um, I had history lessons, but to be honest, we didn't get through all the news I wanted to get through, and this is one of the worst weeks of history we've ever had. Like, really, really bad okay. stuff. Okay. So, um, oh, I love where we're going. We're going to skip going. Skip history lessons this week. Heather, when you listen back to hear what the episode was like so without funny. you, I just want you to think about this moment and She's let good. you know that I enjoyed it and you missed it, and <laughs> let's talk about how you feel about that when you come back to us healthy mm. next week. Uh, yes, get, get well soon, Heather. Hope you feel better next week. We miss you. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, Matt Lauer and Garrison Keeler were added to the list of gross men who sexually harassed people over their careers this week. I'm not trying to, like, neg on these stories, but it, it's a weird place where it seems like every week there's another terrible story, and I have to be as outraged as I was the week before. And it's not that it's not terrible and gross, it's that it's hard to maintain a level of outrage I week after week after week after There's week. many different feelings to be had that fill the same space that outrage fills. It doesn't always have to be frothing in the mouth outrage. Right. You know what I mean? And it definitely gets exhausting to hear it uh, time in and time out. Mm. You know, it would literally be, it would be the theme of the rest of this show for as long as we have this show if we choose to keep following these paths. We talk about Trump, they toss them out. And if we talk about, you know, all these people coming out with sexual harassment, mm. we can do this for another eight weeks because they're going to they're gonna keep coming. Although, I give a shout-out to former uh, co-host uh, Aaron Higgins, who made a good point. You know, Brian Williams isn't looking so bad these days. Yeah, <laughs> Brian little, Williams! Little come-up. Little, little come-up come for Brian. The crazy thing about Matt Lauer is he's like almost, at this point, he's almost like a cartoon villain about it. <laughs> like he had that the door lock button under his desk like Mr. Burns. And he's yeah. like on all sorts of videotaping like, oh, yeah, bend over. And like being horrified. It's and just like, it's one of those things where it's it's so over the top and wild that it's just, it seems like a cartoon villain. I'll give you a good example of how this was handled. My mom was legitimately upset. Yeah, your mom legitimately loves, your mom's always loved Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer loves the Today Show, loves like the news and like the positive like vibes that the show had. Uh, my stepfather, Mike... Thinks it's hilarious. Oh, thinks I'm it's sure. the funniest thing. He's well, like, because your stepdad Mike has always been the whole time. Because you know how it goes. Your mom's sitting here every morning. They're up at the house now. They're retired for the you know, most part. They're always at the house. She's watching today. She's like, oh, that Matt Lauer. I love that Matt Lauer. And you know, Mike's been seeing them for years. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, oh, Matt Lauer. Here. Matt Lauer ain't shit. He ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, just sitting up there. Like, stewing in his hatred for Always Lauer. being like, well, you know, he doesn't even really make good points and sitting on it. And so now, I mean, he's got the vindication of a king returned to reclaim his crown. <laughs> and he Mike, must be dying laughing at yurt. Hmm. They break balls out there too. Your He's, mom and your stepdad. He likes to give her a hard time. I can't. They also the thing. With, they're the thing hilarious. With, the thing with my stepdad is I don't think there's anyone he rides with hard enough where he would be ever upset. Like I, no, because what, what can you uh, unless Paul McCartney? Know you know what I mean, Paul McCartney is the only person I can think of where he would be like, no, yeah. like I, I just don't think he cares that much about anybody. Here's the thing, like yeah, I don't know these people. Like I mean, you know, all that hero worship like gets weird. But like, these people, I don't know, and people are damaged people, and I also mm. know a lot of damaged people. I know a lot of people that I love a lot that I consider good people that have done some awful things and you know many different varieties of life over yeah. the course of you know your lifetime but so i understand that people do things but there's nobody who i don't know who's like some famous celebrity who like 
is going to hurt my feelings if I find out they're uh, a bad person. I got a couple left. I thought about this. I've, I've thought about this a lot because I was a little annoyed by the Louis C.K. thing. In hindsight, I'm less annoyed by it because it's like, well, I guess I should have seen it coming. Yeah, he he's always it. been a creep. That's yeah. his whole thing. Um, and I think in the a couple shows ago, I said that if I had to guess, I'm, I keep waiting for the Oliver Stone, Woody Allen, Quentin Tarantino trifecta to Everybody hit. Everybody knows about Woody Allen, don't they? Well, he just put a new movie out, which is also sort of about a relationship with a young girl, and apparently that's fine, but not for... I don't know. It's weird. Like, why did Louis get... Because I, I, I think know. he snuck it. I think he snuck it. Well, because to be fair, Woody Allen's probably got a little more juice than Louis C.K. does. I mean... Louis C.K. is very new money in Woody Allen's world. Is like Woody only, Allen's been getting yeah, paid since the seventies. Only the new money is because like, because apparently Trump and Woody Allen can get away with it. They're the but because like, they're the most susceptible, yeah. they have the less. You know, for right. people for people where it's been institutionalized for decades and they have many many layers of protection. The more power that you get, the more you know wealth that you amass. The more layers you have of insulation from mm-hmm. the rest of the world, like yeah. So it's easier to take down somebody who's you know a little newer or smaller, and that's why it's crazy when it reaches up in the echelon of a guy like you know Weinstein or something. Yeah. But it's interesting to talk about with him is, you know, his business has been doing really bad for three years. So yes. now all of a sudden he's not looking so hot. So people are like, oh, you know what? Screw it. He's a scumbag, too. So let me ask you this question. then. I, I didn't plan on going this direction. but So let's say Trump does get impeached. Yeah. Let's say that. Let's say. Then does the Access Hollywood tape become a bigger deal? If he's no longer the president or holds any political sway... No, the Access Hollywood tape is more of a thing where it's like, hey, look, we've got this tape that confirms who this guy probably is and nobody's paying attention. The stuff that happens... I mean, he's been accused of... Of a lot of different sexual assaults and a lot of situations yeah. with people of you know varying ages down to like even one I think that was underage and they don't have proof of like him on tape doing it but they have evidence that's at the same level of competency as a lot of these other guys who are getting a lot of trouble and you know people are asking the question well what makes this different you know what I mean like if you're gonna you know same thing with like Roy Moore you know people are talking about that it's you he he gets a pass Man. but like Trump has been accused of a lot of things they're gonna elect him by seen- the way. Seventy-one percent of people—they're going to elect him. 100%, oh, I'll, I'll bet you. I'll bet you a thousand dollars they elect him. Uh, I was looking, I was reading up on this from Reddit today. Actually, it was this morning they're talking about like saying seventy-one percent of people in Alabama think that the stories are lies, that it's all false, um, and it seems like since we've moved away from the actual initial uh, mm-hmm. accusations. The support is going right back up where it was. Yeah, people's yeah. outrage dies down. Yeah. It's, it's, dies down. People have only got, they have a very short attention span on yeah. everything. And yeah. I mean, anything. When it comes to like, something like this, like it really yeah. shows that on almost anything, the attention span is just not there. Um, so I'm going to skip this story Ooh. and we're going to move on to the Grammy nominations. You know, the Grammys are out? Uh, I read a couple things. Yeah, yeah. the Gra- I saw the nominations came out. Uh, well, the nominations are out, and your boy, our boy, Jay-Z, leading the pack with eight nominations. Seems a little <laughs> late, right? Like, I feel like this is kind of like a little bit of like the thanks for everything else you've done type thing, right? Um, I mean, if you want to dig in, no, I disagree. I think the album's very good. I would, That's the thing. So he put out 444, and it was kind of in response to his wife's album, Lemonade, where like he took... Mm. When you listen to... If you actually listen to the album, and you listen to you know the way everything's put together, you listen to the songs... You listen to the lyrics, not just the way he delivers them, which rap is famous for, what they're about. Yeah. This is one of the first, this is one of the most intimate statements put out from somebody at a level of a guy like Jay-Z. You could argue nobody's been at that level of like fame in rapping. But like this is a groundbreaking album as far as, you know, hip-hop music and subject matter yeah. and delivery and style. He's probably the first rapper mm. 
fame, like super famous, like superstar rapper that people have had to watch age the way that you know we've watched the, you know the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and you know these nine million ACDC, all these other bands from way back in the day. We've watched them age. This is the first like high level superstar international household name rapper that we've had to watch turn forty and fifty and yeah. And I would it's different, yeah. so it's no, that's true. And I think there's the credit for it. I think no, you're totally right. And I think that it it was it's not a hot take to say that this is easily the best piece of music album recording he's done since the Black Album. Like without really much of an argument, I can't think of anything he's done. Even Watch the Thrones, even some of the like it's yeah. the it's the strongest yeah. piece of artistic material he's put out since the Black Album. You, I would say Watch the Throne. You'll never get the full yeah. You'll never get the full credits. Kanye was out there. I think that album's actually a little underrated. All these years later. Um, yeah, a little bit. I think I like it more now than I did when it came out. Also, but uh, yeah, you're probably you're probably right about that. Uh, uh, he has eight nominations to lead the pack. Uh, Kendrick Lamar follows with seven nominations. Bruno Mars has six, and then uh, a bunch of people have five, including some people I've never heard of, like S Z A. Let me hear. Let's see what we got. You know S Z A. Yes. See that name all over the place. Yes, I don't know she, about. Uh, she's a female, uh, yeah. like modern R and B singer. Uh, what about Khaled? Is it DJ yeah, Khaled? No, he's Khaled is a rapper. He's this is a kid. He's like nineteen. He made headlines last week on Twitter because like he tweeted like four or five years ago. Man, I hope I can just like go to the Grammys one day. I hope yeah. I can attend. He put out an album, had one single, and he sort of rocketed into fame as you sort of do these days. He's this young dude, and he tweeted, "He's like, oh my god, I can't like I made it. We did it." And then uh, Childish Gambino, five nominations I as saw well, Gambino, including best album of the year. Donald Glover. I thought that album. Uh, I thought Awaken My Love was a very good album. I thought Redbone was an awesome single. I mm-hmm. love that song. Oh, uh, it's cool to see him getting the credit for. I mean, he was on Community for so many years and did a great job there. He's on Atlanta now. He's famous for that. He's doing acting and like he's literally winning Grammys. Like that's the type of he's really good. Dual he's threat. Super, it's crazy. He's super talented. It's cool to see him get like his in dude. all ways. Uh, I will say there's not a whole lot out here for me. Otherwise, uh, LCD Sound System's got a nod for like electronic album or whatever. But there's really they did a great job, sort of being like, "Hey, we don't ever talk about hip hop or rap at all, so we're gonna load this entire." This is like the "Sorry for Never Giving Hip Hop Its Credit" Grammy. Uh, it's also like. it's been very much the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of hip hop and trap that's yeah. very popular, and it's influencing a lot of other yeah. things as well. Plus, you've seen a lot of fading this year from some of the more venerated old guard names in like you know the type of like popular music that tends to win things like Grammys. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even Arcade Fire put out a you know half baked album. Yeah, there's only so many people. Um, and I, again, the Grammys are an even weirder one for me than most of the other award shows because I still, in my heart of hearts, like consider myself a musician. Like yeah. I don't, I don't watch the the Emmys and go, oh, that's, that's yeah, no, like, I know. I mean, like you're right. Though. I watch the Grammys sometimes. And I'm like, really, really, and, like, yeah. and I have no basis to feel that way. I think like, it's weird what they do with like you look at like, some of the rock categories, and they've got a band like the War on Drugs who uh, put out a great great album, album. this year. You know, yeah. awesome band. But, like, they're going up against Mastodon, which is, like, I understand <laughs> yeah. that. And Mastodon also kicks ass. Different. And so I understand that they're both technically, they're both playing guitars with drums and a bass player and singing. But Mastodon and the War on Drugs are not the same genre at all. What's the best album you listened to this year? The best album that I listened to this year? Um... I'll say that I have listened mm. to that new St. Vincent record since I got it. The new St. Vincent is very lot. good. I've only heard particularly a the bit song of that. New York, which is awesome. Uh, 
I feel like the brand new album was good. I the brand new album was very good. Marred in controversy now, but I think yeah, it's still a great bit. album. The al- yeah, the album itself, that was probably yeah, my favorite. I, mean, I was waiting for that one for a long time, so we talked to say anything about that. Um, one of the albums that's got the most wild traction for me this year um, was RTJ3. Mm. Run the Jewels. I yeah. saw them in February yep. at Terminal 5, and it was awesome. Mm. And I listened to that a lot. This has been the year that I've really sort of grown into that group. And also um, the new Tribe Called Quest record. Out of like almost good. nowhere, I mean, like fifteen years later, something crazy. I like that a lot. Uh, was the new Radiohead this year? Uh, yes, early this year was. That was great for cool. me. Yeah, uh, I would say I wanted the new LCD Sound System album to be great for me. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I can't knock. Pretty good. Could have been way worse. Yeah. A little disappointing. Just a little bit. That's fair. Just a little tiny smidgen disappointing. Uh, I think it, it's impossible. I'll say you what the biggest. The biggest knock I have this year at the Grammys... There's a band called Sorority Noise that brought a great album this year. The biggest knock that I've got this year for the mm-hmm. Grammys is they did not do a holiday category because the easy winner would be the resurgent rapper DMX, who earlier this week released the greatest version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer I've ever heard. Here's a sample. He can... Oh, playing the phone with the film. Um, yeah, so there you go. So, yeah, DMX, <laughs> resurgent rapper legend DMX he has got released. convicted guilty uh, just <laughs> today or yesterday. I think, like, I want to say tax evasion, something oh wild like that. God. He's probably going to jail for like five years. Well, before he goes to jail, he left us this Christmas he did miracle. That in like 2012, he did that in like one of those like New York hip hop yes, radio shows that people are yeah. way into like the Sousa Mero or. Somebody like that, yeah. and it was it became like an internet meme, and so he finally recorded it this year because he's desperate for money. We were blasting that in um, the brewery last week, actually, laughing. Um, I have a special category for you called What to Watch For. Okay. And this is something I watched last week. This is officially a category. Uh, for now it is. This is like a segment, kind of. Please tell me that you saw the video of mm. the war criminal drinking poison. Oh, you know, I read the article. I read the article and I saw some screen caps, but I didn't actually watch the video because I, I feel like I was somewhere I wasn't turning my volume. I watched the video. It's outrageous. It looks like something from like a like a born supremacy movie. It's outrageous. This guy, and I want to say his name, he's dead now, so you can look him up if you want. Slobodan Praljak. Uh he stands up in front of this war. Oh, come on, you went to Proctor, you say that name, that was good. That's what I'm used to, like, oh, I might butcher this. No, you won't. You went to Proctor. (laughs) You can do a European name. This guy stands up in front of this war tribunal, and Uh, they're condemning him as a war criminal. He says, I think it's wrong that you're calling me a war criminal. I'm not a war criminal. And then he pulls a small little bottle, it looks like a five-hour energy, and just drinks it down real quick and puts the bottle back in his pocket. Everyone's looking at him, and he just goes, I drank poison. And everyone looks around going, oh, um, uh, uh, well, well, this meeting is no, adjourned. The, the, and- best, the best part, my, you're, you're skipping over actually my favorite part of the story is that when he, before he drank that poison, when he was saying like, I'm not guilty, I'm not a criminal, yeah. he was speaking in the third person. 
that's my yes. favorite part. He's like, Slobodan uh, is not a war criminal. Uh, then he drank the poison. He drank the poison. It's like, I don't know, man, because yeah. drinking the poison seems like exactly what a war criminal would do it in does. this situation. Uh, potassium cyanide, turns out, yeah. is what he drank. Bad um, stuff. That's, uh, I think they use that for lethal injections, if I'm not mistaken. Wild. I could be wildly incorrect about wild that. Wild story. Making that up. <laughs> it, it sounded made up. It's a weird story. It's one of those things. Like when you look at politics and like we're in a tough time and like we got all the bad news and LOL and all the you know sad, yeah. depressing news is awful. You look at some of these countries over there, especially these former like Eastern Bloc countries. Wild stuff happens. Like you see people getting fist fights in Parliament. Do you remember there was a fist fight mm. in the like Capitol on the floor of like the House of Representatives? Mm. It was just fist fighting. You got Paul well, Ryan like suplexing Chuck Schumer. There's the story going back in the day about the, I forget which senator it is who went into like the Congress and just beat up another one with a cane because he didn't like the way they were talking. Yeah. He just whooped his ass and then left. And it was like, damn. There's one. something to be said for that. Yeah. Some of these guys need to get beat up. <laughs> like. Gotta get somebody to come in there and slap up Mitch McConnell. I would love to see Mitch McConnell <sighs> getting a celebrity boxing fight with, oh man, Brock Lesnar. Mitch somebody McConnell, colossal and mean. Mitch McConnell versus like Tom Hardy Bane from The Dark Knight Rises would be a good combination for me. Just like That'd be all right. wearing the mask and doing the, the whole picture. I was looking at a horrible picture of Mitch McConnell because he's the devil. I saw it today <sighs> and I was thinking about how if you just show, if I'd never seen Mitch McConnell before. And you showed me a picture of him. You told me that it was your stepdad's father. Mm. I would believe you. If you put McConnell, Trump, Sessions, and I guess Tillerson's gone now, but throw t- No, he's still there. He's still there? He didn't oh. go anywhere. If you put them all into the cage, four men enter, one man leaves, who wins that battle? Who's in there? Sessions, McConnell, Trump, and Tillerson. Sessions, McConnell, Trump, and Tillerson. I feel like Tillerson's got, he seems to... Probably a Tillerson. Out of that group, Tillerson, I would say. If you take Tillerson out, I feel like Trump wins by default. No. No. No chance. No chance? If he got hit one time, he would go down like a fuck. Mm. He would go down like a cowering mess. There's no chance. Fair point. He's got absolutely no spine. He's as gutless as they come. Uh, I'm going to skip past some of the stories we were attempting, we are going to talk about. Uh, I don't care to talk about the fact that Jersey Shore has now been recast as a show about Florida. Have you saw this? Flora Bama. Yeah, Flora Bama, the Florida yeah, that's Panhandle. What we need. Let's give these people more. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the man who tried to pay for a parking ticket with pennies and then got choked out by the guard. Did you uh, see that one? I fully, uh, fully respect you, get a lawyer. Yeah, true story. Not going to talk about Arby's acquiring Buffalo Wild Wings for $2.4 billion. Seems like they overpaid. Uh, in the wise words of Peter Griffin, oh my God, who the hell cares? Um, I'm not going to talk about scientists calling for a ban on glitter, even though it's kind of a crazy story. Apparently glitter is a global it's hazard. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, you got, it's little teeny tiny pieces of plastic and inorganic mm. material that do not biodegrade. And I guess, uh, I guess we can do a quick... Sam and Kevin respond. Uh, fearless leader Justin Parkinson put up an article earlier this week about uh, how he's questioning whether or not he's going to drop his Netflix account. Oh, God, he's been on a... Yeah, for... Oh, he's been on a, a rager. As I pull these curtains back to let you know that before that article was written, we heard that article at full volume on the front porch when he was talking to us <laughs> for, for, for a week. Uh, there are some points, though, in the article that I do think he makes... Uh, he makes good points talking about the the membership and the price changes I do think that I've fallen into this trap and I think that this is a trap that a lot of people in this current generation of entertainment fall into I sign up for Netflix it's $10 a month I put it on my card I never think about it again okay no big deal sign up for WWE Network $10 on my card never think about it again sometimes 
after a while, you're like, holy crap, I'm signed up for like 15 things. And I don't realize that the money's bleeding out $10 sure. at a time. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that there is a point to be made that we should pay more and more attention to what we're actually paying for when we pay for these things. Because we get in this habit of being like, oh, it's only such and such. Right. Blah, 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 blah. But that shit all adds up when everything is only such and, and such. And it's every month. Right? I don't know. Uh, do you buy into his argument um, that the rating system is crap? And that you can't trust the ratings on Netflix. No, I, you're not supposed to be able to trust their ratings. Their ratings is their guess of what you would think about it. So no, nobody would ever trust the ratings. As a guy who's had Netflix for a long time, now, Parkinson claims that he has Netflix all the way back to 2006, like getting it from like sending movies in the mail. And if that's Probably. true, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It's right yeah. up his alley. I'm not that... I've had Netflix about as long as you were able to stream. I was in on streaming pretty sure. early. I will say I do think that the quality of what's on Netflix has taken a hit. And I am paying a little more for it than I was initially. But I also think that's the price of playing ball, right? Uh, it, it, it all depends what you come to the table for. If you're to, to really make the case to say that Netflix gives you something you can't get anywhere else, that means you live and die in their original content. So if you really like Netflix's original content, all the shows they have, all the movies they put out, the documentaries they put out, if that's worth it to you, that's what you're paying for. There's nothing outside of Netflix's original programming that you can get on Netflix that you couldn't get better, more efficiently, somewhere different. There's nothing. Right. But if yeah. you buy into their original content, they are leaps and bounds ahead of Hulu and Amazon and whomever else for original content. I think the argument he made, though, that Hulu's sort of jumping on the block. I feel like if I had to pick one of the streaming services, only one to take with me, it's almost worth it to pay for the HBO, I feel like. Or no, get the Amazon. Amazon? Amazon. Amazon, because it comes it comes with the Prime. Prime, yeah. Their movie selection and show selection, their movie selection is better than anybody's. Yes. They That's also true. give you the option to rent or buy all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. So if like you want to pay $3.99 to watch a new movie and you feel like spending the four bucks, you just do it. And they have all the HBO archive shows. So you get the HBO content as well. Amazon's the best bang for your buck out there. Yeah. If you really care about TV shows and want to pay the extra for ad-free... Hulu is pretty cool, yeah. but Hulu with ads drops right down into the lower tier of, like, uh, who cares? Yeah, it's the same. All right, uh, this was... This was fun. It was good. It's been a while since we did the old two-man... It's been a very long time. It has been a long time. It's been a very long time. Uh, follow Heather on uh, Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Send her some uh, Get Well Soon messages. I'm sure she's hurting today. Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom, Or just follow the short at under, ah, the show at underscore... Uh, Uticast, we are also on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Uticast.com, and of course you can go to MaidenUtica.com as well for all current back episodes. Uh, that's it. Uh, sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. That's it. We're done. Early. There we are. Early. Super early. I know. It's like 6.30. 6.30. Amazing. Very rare. Never Very good. Sorry. Oh, get nuts. I might get to watch Raw all the way through. You always watch Raw all the way through. Yeah.